Hello, everybody. Before this episode gets started, we just wanted to give you a quick heads up on some of the content of the episode. We talk about historical real-world violence and death, and since that's not something we usually talk about, we thought we wanted to give you a heads up ahead of time just so you know uh, what we're going to be discussing. It all fits into the context of, of what we're talking about, but again, we don't usually talk about that, so we just wanted to let you know ahead of time. Now, on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Make Comics Podcast, a show where we talk about the nuts and bolts of making comics. My name is Joey Grow, and I am being joined by Andy Schmidt of Comics Experience to talk uh, this week about uh, certain kind of writing. But before we hop into that, if you're a regular listener to the show, we have been off uh, for a little bit longer than anticipated uh, due to some scheduling conflicts. But our plan moving forward is to continue our biweekly run. So we should be back on schedule. If you have anything you want to hear us talk about, you can email us at info at comicsexperience.com. We'll talk about it on the show. If there's anything that you've been missing, or you can always uh, sign up for the Comics Experience newsletter and see what's going on over there. And there's also the forums that are open all the time. And I know you and the comics experience folks are active on Twitter talking about what's going on in addition to all the classes and other things that are happening regarding your making comics. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Sorry folks for being away. Yeah. And you got publishing is, uh, I know taking up a big chunk of time and a number of comics that have come out and are coming out and have sold out at distributor levels and, and more. Yeah. How about that? We sold out our first comic. It's pretty great. Stud in the blood blade. Number one sold out at diamond. Uh, still a few copies online at the website, cxpublishing.com, but reception has been really great. Um, and uh, Perry and Jed have been making appearances. They have a, they have, we've loaded them up with a bunch of copies of it and they've been doing appearances, store signings great. out on the West coast. It's been gone very, very well. Um, so our thanks to, you know, all of our, uh, all of our partners out there and everything, but yeah, it's, it's super exciting to have the first book sell out is, is, uh, huge relief. That's huge great. Relief. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this week, uh, you had a topic that I don't, don't think we've talked about too much. No, we if, found one. If, if at all. And uh, your, your backstory for getting involved, excuse me, was also interesting. Yeah. So, so what we, uh, what we came up with, dear listeners was talking about the difference between writing fiction and writing nonfiction or even fictionalized version of nonfiction, um, adaptation, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, this came up because I've been working on more sort of nonfiction type of work, um, for a couple of different reasons. There are a couple of creator owned projects I'm, I'm, working on now that are based on real life events. So some of the ones that I'm doing for, you know, ultimately for entertainment purposes, um, maybe there's a, there's a bit of education in them just that, you know, they're based on real people that are historical figures and neat types of people to learn about, but, but definitely like fictionalized, like using fiction to weave into their real lives. Like that's one thing. And one of the things that, that's been interesting that I've been sort of toiling with, with with those is I'm also working on another project, which is not exactly for entertainment purposes. Um, and what I, what I realized because I'm working on these things simultaneously is that um, for my projects around Amelia Earhart and whatnot, like 
I, I have more wiggle room. They are primarily for entertainment purposes. Um, and so I can play, I can play more. I don't want to do anything factually inaccurate, but I can have, I can have some sort of fictional elements in there and it's, and it's fine. Um, the other project, nonfiction project that I'm working on right now is uh, about real life lynchings in the county I live in, in Kentucky. Um, and I'm working along with uh, a place based in Montgomery, Alabama called the Equal Justice Initiative um, and along with a coalition here in Kentucky uh, made up of several organizations, a historical society, the NAACP, several local churches are all working together to get historical markers put in place where these, these lynchings took place here in Kentucky. With that, um, a, our, our facts, like there's not a, there's not a ton of super specific facts. We know who the people were that were lynched. We know, um, we know that there was a mob, but the mob didn't exactly tell us who exactly they all were. Um, you know, we know the, the, the events that happened. And so with that one, I don't feel like I can take a lot of creative license, but when you're creating a comic book, uh, and Janine Halley is the, is the artist on this. She goes by Jinx. Um, you know, you are, you, if you don't have the details, you've got to fill them in. And so with that one, you know, I've done the best that I can. I think, I think Jinx is too doing the best she can to stick as, you know, to not editorialize. Right. Also this project, like the, the purpose of the coalition isn't to put, Hey, we did these terrible thing you know, our, our ancestors did these terrible things like in your face the purpose is to try and get a conversation going um about race like just within our own community like raise awareness and then also have a dialogue uh -huh. as a community um so you know we're trying to write it and and jinx is trying to illustrate it with that purpose in mind so we're not trying you know we're not trying to point fingers we're not trying to doing that stuff but yeah i don't want to editorialize right i don't want to right. bring in fictional elements uh to that one that would not be appropriate but that one that one is designed and and this is what really kind of made me want to talk about it was that one's designed for a very different purpose that you know to start this you know or or to enhance the conversation that we're already planning uh or already having and then the other the other ones that i'm working on that are just for me are our fictionalized accounts of real life, but they're based on real world stuff. But um, that just kind of, just kind of fascinated me how different my entire approach is to those two projects that on their surface seem fairly similar. They're both based on real events. Have you had a lot of experience doing that kind of writing in the past? I know with, you know, some things like maybe a Marvel or IDW creative services you're working with, outside folks and, and those generally might not be seen by the public as far as trying to, to give information or, or to do something that is, you know, quote unquote, real world, as far as the, the information you're trying to get out there, what you're trying to convey. Yeah, not a, not a ton. You know, I've done some things that aren't fiction. Like I've, wor I've actually worked on some like instruction manuals and, and things like that, that use, you know, comic book storytelling. Um, I've written, I've written a lot of like essays and sort of papers and things like that, but those, that's all, you know, it's all written. None of that's illustrated. Right. Um, you know, and that's a different 
it's a different set of mental muscles, so to speak. Um, but no, I mean, I've, these are kind of my first forays. And I, and really, I started on the lynching project quite some time ago. And I wonder if, you know, kind of my my passion about that. I mean, what, I mean, it's it's really, I mean, this is a really weird thing, right? This is this is local to me. This is like where this took place is in walking distance from my house. It's less than a mile from my house. So I can literally walk down to the bridge and see where, where this took place. And it's crazy, um, weird and kind of chilling and all that sort of stuff. But I, and I think it's like such a visceral sort of experience that I think it may have kind of it kind of wet my appetite for more stuff like it more yeah. stuff based based on real world things um but it also like again i'm not trying to editorialize right so i'm not i want people to connect with the historical figures involved in the lynching comic but i also can't you know like i know very little like i know two of the three in this particular incident were friends with each other and the third one I don't know if he knew them at all or didn't know them at all, or if they just weren't close friends. Right. So, um, so that's information that I should try and get across in the, in the, in the story version of it. Um, but also I don't want to overdo it. Right. Like I don't want to, you know, I've refrained from sort of getting into their heads and saying, this is what so-and-so was thinking, or this was said, there's actually no dialogue in the piece as currently written. Um, and it's being reviewed by the coalition and whatnot, but, um, but it's all like captions. It's all a third person omniscient narrator. Um, so even in that case, if I, in a, in a place where I am sort of talking about what they might be feeling, it's sort of, sort of put that way, like more as a question, were they feeling this? Were they feeling that as this mob was banging away on the lock of the cell to get to them? What were they thinking? What would you be thinking? You know, stuff like that. Um, whereas in the other ones, you know, uh, I'm not doing that. But but what, you know, I'm not I'm not keeping that sort of distance to it. Uh, but I, you know, what I found with, you know, I think I mentioned Amelia Earhart already. Like with her was there's a lot of things about her life and about her accomplishments. I think a lot of people don't know that are super interesting. But what I found really interesting was sort of trying to get behind just the events of like, so what was she thinking about? What was, what was, what were her goals really? Like she's become the symbol for these, for these different sort of things, ideas and whatnot, you know, certainly, you know, women's lib and that kind of thing. Um, how much of that was something that she really pursued and wanted versus how much of that came with the gig? Or did she feel to some extent like she had to play a certain role to, to, you know, get where she needed to go, like, and getting into that aspects, you know, but I don't know. I don't know what she was thinking. I wasn't there. I didn't ask her. Right. Um, but I do feel like with this much distance from when that, from when she went missing and everything, we have the ability to, you know, I think there's, I think it's okay to sort of get in and, you know, as long as I'm up front, like, you know, the, these are, this is my take on these events, but they're not by no mean are they definitive. Um, and what we're trying to say about her and what she thought or what she believed. Um, you know, this is just a fascinating, it's a fascinating story, but you know, I'd always grown up knowing about her disappearance, but her disappearance is, you know, I mean, that's the, the end of a, of a fascinating story. It's not the whole story. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to, obviously with someone that you can't speak to about, about their life, there are those questions that you mentioned, you know, my, my, I've never written any kind of, uh, comics like this, but working in production and with clients that, you know, authenticity is such a buzzword, uh, and has been such a buzzword for a while now, as far as how you tell a story is having, having a client or having a person who experienced something on camera to tell, you know, air quotes, their story. And so much of it is editorialized uh, to a point from just the sheer mechanics of time and what you can do, you know, and, and I tend to think in general, everything has to have a three act structure for an audience um, or should not necessarily has to have. But, you know, life doesn't always have three act structures. You know, you don't always have the beginning, middle and here's the the conclusion, whatever it was. And, you know, we try to, you know, you try to keep that in mind, especially dealing with people. It's very different to say, hey, come in and, you know, I want you to talk about Andy's cool class. And, you know, what was it like for you? And I can get a good solid 30 seconds of somebody saying, well, I was scared to do my own comic. And then I got versus, hey, you had a medical procedure done and you're real worried that you might not be able to uh, get pregnant and conceive a child. Let's talk about that. And then trying to tell that story in three minutes for, you know, a social media audience. Uh, there there are mechanics and restraints by what you're doing, too. And that's that's something that I try to keep in mind going into a project is you got X amount of time. You got five people talking. You know, you start doing the math and like anything, you know, comics comes down the math, too, in, in such a different way. Thinking about page turns and thinking about if you're doing single issues or if it's a you know an OGN and and trying to tell those stories and and be true to that story, but also think about the mechanics involved and how many panels can you fit on a page and all, all that stuff kind of goes into the swirl of making a thing. So I guess my long-winded way of saying you know are you encountering the the comics uh, structures that you're having to to deal with as far as thinking about how you're writing and and what what you can write about? Uh, yeah. I mean, in the case of the, of the, um, the three men that were lynched, that were doing the, the telling the story of, um, it's actually a really, really fascinating story that actually plays out kind of like a, like a movie. Um, these three men were mob came to the, to the jail downtown, which is also within walking distance where I live. Um, broke them, broke these three men out of the jail and dragged them to the bridge or escorted them, I guess, you know, to the bridge where they strung them up and threw them off the, off the bridge to hang. And when they did that, one of the three ropes snapped um, and the, and the gentleman fell into the, into the Creek below and then tried to swim and run away upstream. And everybody on the bridge ran after him and, gunned him down they tracked him down and they they killed him and then they went back to the bridge and when they got back to the bridge there was only one uh man hanging there and the the third man while they were off uh chasing the guy who who was running um had managed to escape whether and not not clear if the rope broke or if he managed to somehow loosen it and drop down and, and get away but he managed to get away and then there was a manhunt for him the local uh sheriff put out like a, 
you know, a bounty uh, for any for anyone that found him. And then the Kentucky governor, who was a Republican at the time, back when the Republicans were a little bit different than they are today, and by a little, I mean a lot. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Republican governor at the time put a five hundred dollar bounty on anyone who was in the mo- the lynching mob. Hmm. Neither reward was ever collected, um, and uh, and the gentleman managed to get out of the county, uh, join the army, um, fought in World War One, and returned home, died of natural causes. Um, so, like, there's a there's a real sort of like three act structure just in that, um, and so that one was actually kind of easier. The 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 uh, Earhart one is different because I did <laughs> the Earhart one is tough because uh, you know she uh, she dies at the end <laughs> like she just she crashes her plane and dies and that's uh, you know that's uh, that's a rough it's uh, a rough way to end a story about somebody that you're you know saying is heroic and an inspiration to people and all that sort of stuff so that one was that one was actually more difficult from a structure standpoint because i wanted to get in stuff when she was a kid i wanted to get in stuff i actually wanted to talk about and do we get into some of the conspiracy theories about what happened to her you know because there are all these interesting conspiracy theories about she didn't actually just go down in the ocean and die that she landed on this island or she was captured by the japanese or she was actually a spy and she did this like there are all these like theories about what she might have done and i wanted to incorporate those into the story too but like how do you do that um in a way that isn't heavy-handed or whatever and so um i wound up sort of coming up with a mechanism to do that but i just didn't want to you know i didn't want structurally i didn't want to end it on but no actually she's just at the bottom of the ocean in a cold watery grave like that sounds terrible and not how you want to end something so figuring out how to be honest about the events that took place with her and and where she seeming we'll say most likely ended up uh but then also i wanted it to to be kind of uplifting at the end so how do you how do you manage to pull that off that's a that's a that's a unique challenge there are some examples out there of of works that have sort of that had similar sort of issues you know one of my favorite films of all time is butch cassie and the sundance kid um and uh you know they didn't make it out of that last uh <laughs> that last uh you know situation they were in P- point of order we freeze frame right right yeah so they freeze frame and like it's clear what happens but no, it, 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 is it does no, the car no, really go over the edge i mean we see them start to jump but they could have landed that's a different movie. That's Thelma and Louise. My mistake. Right. That was actually the other one I was going to point out that does have, has what happens. Right. But like the last time we see them, they're still on the up trajectory. Right. You know, but, but, and, and it has an upbeat feel to it. And so like, th- those were the two films specifically Thelma and Louise and Butch Cassidy that I kind of looked at and I kind of deconstructed how those endings work. Like, how do you have that be what happens? And yet I come away from that movie. Like, yeah, I'm kind of sad at how they end, but more than that, I just think they're awesome. Right. Right. right? Like, like I'm uplifted actually at the, at the end of that, like with Butch Cassie and Sundance kid, you're like, ah, oh, I can't really be the end. Like the legend lives on. And somehow like, that's enough. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like it's uh it's a really interesting 
I, I found that to be fascinating. Well, I think it's so all, that was yeah, it was, very uh, unique to that to the Earhart sort of storyline. But yeah, that that sounds like something that it'll be interesting to to see what those parallels are because that's I imagine that's almost hard to extract in some ways to build that story where you have that uplifting end where. <laughs> Like you yeah, said. I didn't say I was successful. I just said, you know, that's, that's the attempt. So we'll it's, it's, it sounds like something better than not. Well, when are those coming out? When can folks, uh, or are we able to check them both out? Uh, well, no, uh, yeah, the art hasn't started on either on any of the any of the creator on stuff that I'm doing on the lynching project. Uh, Jinx has started. She's done that. She's done the um, she's done the layouts already so it's it's in the works that'll be you know i'll come back on here and i'll talk about it um you know it's not currently slated to you know come out through diamond or anything it's 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 being published printed and published locally it's a local project um which is another thing that i kind of thought about talking about is you know those other opportunities for comics um, and that's one of the reasons why this was appealing i mean the subject matter uh while heartbreaking and 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 troubling amongst other things um the fact that it was local and it was something that would you know i think will mean something to the community in which i physically live in you know i'm a part of a lot of communities that are dispersed you know nerd fandom and comic book communities and you know i'm a part of a lot of those types of things but this is actually where i live this is like i'm gonna walk down the street and people will have read that and they will you know it's got my name on it and they'll know that i was part of that um, and there's a chance that that won't always be a happy, uh, reaction right. <laughs> on the part of some folks, you know, I mean, it's a tough subject and it's a subject that people, a lot of folks just would like that subject to just go away. But I just, I, you know, personally, my feeling is it can't go away. Like it's not dealt with. Um, so yeah, so they're not, they're not coming out. You know, that should be printed and I believe it's going to be circulated throughout the County to almost every household which is really cool, assuming that that does happen. That's the current plan with that. And then I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I'll talk with the coalition. Obviously, I don't want to do anything that, um, you know, that that isn't okay with them. But you know, if I can put it online or something, then I will. Excellent. Well, it's, uh, again, a topic I don't think we've talked about. I think we could talk more about just the uh, kind of the mechanical approach. And I don't know, from a research standpoint, I know, Fred Van Linty uh, has quite a quite a lineup of of great comics. The comic book comic of fill in the blank, uh, right. action and th- philosophers and all that stuff. Yeah, right, right. And action philosophers, I guess, was what uh, I initially knew kicking that off. Um, but there's there's lots of different things. You know, comic book history of the universe. I still have my copy of that uh, from I don't even know how many years ago, 20, 30 years ago now. And there's just so much you can do with comics and and so many stories you can tell that are real or take, you know, like Fred's approach to action philosophers break down concepts that could be esoteric and, and maybe impenetrable for, you know, anybody and make them understandable, but also entertaining. Um, you know, and I'm sure that that takes a bit of time and effort, especially with the structural constraints of doing a comic and, and what you, you know, have as far as what you can do, how you can build that. So over at Comics Experience Publishing, a uh, couple of things coming out. We I don't know if we mentioned Charlie Spot and Space Core as of this recording. I know Space Core is due out as a September release. What else is going on? Uh, well, Howling Snow, the one-shot, it's a, it's a double-sized one-shot for five 
bucks for 499 um that'll be hitting stores a little bit later this month we're in september now um so it should be should be around the end of september um i don't have a i don't have a final release date on that yet i'm kind of waiting to hear back from diamond um and then the following month space core starts with space core number one which the orders came in on that and they were they were our biggest orders yet oh so great it seems like, which which was the first book that retailers could sort of place orders on they could bump their orders after stud and the blood blade number one came out which was the first book that's now sold out nice so you want to connect those dots right you want to be like oh well the <laughs> out and it's selling out and maybe retailers have a little bit more confidence and that's kind of helping the next book that they can order you know you want to connect those dots but i can't actually say that i know that for sure sure hopefully there's some of that um space core is really cool as you well know joey sure. uh, as you have been a contributor to space core uh stories um so that's uh, this Space Corps series. It's three issues. Each issue is double-sized. That first one will come out um, probably the end of October. And then Charlie Spot, the first issue of that will come out uh, probably the end of November. Uh, so, yeah, that, that takes us. And Charlie Spot, if you're a retailer listening to this or you're a comic book fan and you want your retailer to make sure they have it, Charlie Spot, they can order now. So that cycle, like go into your comic shop, call your comic shop, email your comic shop, tweet your comic shop and say, hey, Comics Experience Publishing, um, look in that catalog and order me a copy of Charlie Spot. There are two super cool covers for it, so you might want both. Um, but yeah, it's and it's it's really, really good. You know, that's that's a book that we're we're thinking we'll likely try to you know, we will submit that one for uh for some eisners because it really is good it deals with some mental health issues it's it's fun but it's also very um uh respectful you know and um yeah it's just it's just a really really good book so yeah the others aren't um but you know that's that's kind of the sort of thing that i could see being something that the eisners specifically really like you know stun the blood blade is perfect for like ringo awards (laughs) uh you know there's stuff like that but you kind of knowing you know which ones you should submit where where because you don't want to submit everything to all of them because it's just like spamming and then right none of them get picked up anywhere so you have to be as a publisher you have to be pretty specific about what you're what you're doing but um but yeah all of these all of these books have something really really cool about them um i'm very fortunate we as a as a publishing company are very fortunate to have access to books this good right at the beginning a lot a lot of publishers have had to build off of content that is not as not nearly as strong and then and it's possible to do it that way but we're fortunate that we I feel like we've got a leg up by having some really great content right from the get-go. Yeah, I've I've read Charlie Spot number one and the full run of Space Corps, and both of those, you know, are definitely ready to go for publication. And and we're in the case of both, I guess, had been out in different venues, uh, which you know is is great the, to be able to work with a publisher like you all and and reach a completely different audience. It's a it's a very cool thing and different titles, but people that have worked hard to to bring those titles to life and to work with you all to get them out into into shops and hands yeah yeah it's good times go to cexpublishing.com has some previews you can go and and see what's there you can go yeah, and see you can what's order there. comics there too so if you if you want to have us mail them to you um then we can you know feel free to order them there and when they're released we'll we'll send them out 
Um, and you can also buy digital versions from the from the website as well. And if you don't trust me or Andy, I know uh, Space Corps has been tweeted about from John Rogers, the uh, writer, amongst other things, of Leverage and Transformers. So you can <laughs> take John Rogers' word for it. John Rogers is a great guy. He wrote uh, he wrote Dungeons and Dragons for me back in 2000 and when I was 10, 2011. I, I remember reading that on uh, a couple years ago and maybe texting you or mentioning it to you. That was great. Yeah, that's a really, really fun run of, of D&D, which is are Those are words I never thought I'd say. <laughs> no, they not are. that I have anything against D&D. I was not a big D&D fan as a kid, but, uh, but I played a little because my older oldest brother was into it. Um, yeah. And then and then when, when we got the license and I realized I was going to be working on it, I immediately called my older brother and I was like, I'm going to go up to Wizards of the Coast and meet the entire D&D team. Give me the download right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to know everything. And you met them. Everybody had to roll a dice to continue the conversation. Seems like it was successful. Yeah. Well, if you want to talk to us, email info at comicsexperience.com. Uh, you can find Comics Experience online at comicsexperience.com, and that'll have links to all the social media. And Andy, anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Thanks. You can follow me on Twitter at 39AAndy. That's two A's in the middle. 39AAndy All right. on Twitter. Cool. There you go. Go follow him up on Twitter, and until next time, keep making comics.